Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 488th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady looking great last night and going into Big D and dominating the Cowboys. As always, Brady looked locked in consistently driving the Bucks down the field. And if it was not for settling for field goals, the score would have been much worse. And after the offseason, it's obvious yet again that nobody compartmentalizes like TB12. He just looked on his game. His passes were crisp. Uh, the offensive line, although not great, was not as bad as predicted given the injuries, retirement, what have you, offseason, uh, plugging a lot of holes there. And uh, so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, a great effort by the Bucks and simply a woeful effort by the Cowboys. Uh, what can you say? They didn't show up for their opener. And, uh, and Dak Prescott, of course, they were doing nothing before he got hurt. And they certainly didn't do anything after he got hurt. So the word out today is, is that he's going to need surgery. It looks like he's out six to eight weeks. Uh, who knows what that's going to do to their season, uh, given the current setup, backups, what have you. It doesn't look great. Um, so it's going to be interesting to watch them. Everybody seems to watch them. And... Uh, and yeah, but it's more about the Bucks. I'm down here in the Tampa area, and uh, the electricity is just off the charts for this football season. And uh, so, got off to a good start. So everybody down here is thrilled, and it's already setting up to be a banner season. Uh, as long as TB12 doesn't get hurt, like many of his offensive line teammates, to say the least. Um, but great to start to have, great to have the start of the NFL season back with us. And it was, uh, a banner Sunday to say the least. And it starts off with my bizarre story of the week, which is the Steelers absolutely crazy win over the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a game really they should have won many times and the Bengals could have won late, if not for a missed extra point by their spectacular kicker, uh, who's been money all along, certainly in the playoffs last year. Uh, but the quick, the kicking game, you know, got in the way for both teams. Of course, Chris Boswell, the excellent kicker for the Steelers, uh, was going to win it with a 55 yarder, but it bounced off the upright. Uh, but he ultimately won it with a 53 yarder right down Broadway and with just a walk-off at the end of overtime. And it was just a spectacular game. Uh, so much good stuff. Mitch Trubisky looked solid, I would say. Um, and I think we have, you know, the Steelers have, you know, reason to be optimistic. They really do. Um, he showed his experience. He made the plays he had to make when he had to make them to get him down the field. And, 
he got it done. So I'd have to say for now, that's all you can ask. We all know that Kenny Pickett, uh, the best quarterback in the draft last year, was, uh, you know, lights out during the preseason. And he simply, uh, you know, is not Mike Tomlin's choice for starter. Tomlin, not surprisingly, went with experience. And but Pickett's kind of, uh, shall we say, in the picture. So Mitch Trubisky needs to play well. Unfortunately, what could be the worst outcome for yesterday's game is T.J. Watt, the all-world defensive linebacker, sack leader last year. He hurt his pectoral muscle. If it's torn, it sounds like he could be out for the year. I cannot begin to overstate the impact that would have on the team, let alone the defense. And everybody's holding their breath in Western Pennsylvania and beyond. That's for sure. Well, my low light of the week is the New England Patriots losing again in Miami. It's just their house of horrors down there and has been for many years, including Brady's entire career with the Patriots. And the offense and Mac Jones looked as woeful and Uh, The opening game yesterday, as they did in the preseason, where up in Boston, the questions were nonstop, and uh, and it was simply, uh, you know, more of what was seen in preseason. There's really a no, not a named offensive coordinator, and uh, and so the offense struggled. It's a new offense for Mac Jones. And so he, he had an okay game, but nothing great, that's for sure. And uh, so we shall see what happens with the Patriots. But it feels like, uh, you know, the luster is off, especially when you consider the division. Yesterday, of course, against Miami was a division game. I was there a year ago in Foxborough when they lost the opener. When Damian Harris fumbled inside the 10, and it just set the tone for the season. Yesterday, uh, with the Dolphins... Uh, taking advantage of Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, uh, joining them this year. Uh, they look good. and uh, But again, the, the Bills last Thursday night in the opener looked fabulous. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But looks like the Patriots have a lot of work to do. That's for sure. Of course, other interesting notes from yesterday. Uh Again, a great opening day. Uh, the Vikings shellacked the uh, Packers. So Aaron Rodgers, without Devontae Adams, didn't look good, <laughs> to say the least. The Vikings really just dominated that game. Um, and so who knows what's going to happen with the Packers this year. We all know that Aaron Rodgers complained during the preseason about his receivers dropping passes, that type of thing. And, uh, so that could be a problem. Uh, they stood, but don't give up on them yet. They started the season last year in a very similar fashion where they got, uh, beat down at the hands of the new Orleans saints. And of course they bounced back to their usual spot in the playoffs. And there's, uh, you just can't count Aaron Rodgers out despite yesterday's, uh, woeful start. Uh, the Giants win over the Titans was electric for me as, uh, someone growing up near state college and a Penn state fan. It was great to see Saquon Barkley, uh, score the touchdown that brought him within one with just seconds to go. And then their new head coach, Brian Dable, formerly of the Patriots and I believe the bills, uh, as an assistant, uh, made a gutsy super gutsy call down in Tennessee to, uh, to go for two and they got it and they beat the vaunted Titans. So that was, uh, just a heck of a way to start the career for Brian Dable and just good luck to him. Uh, I'm sure the fans in New York immediately love him for just going for it. Fans always want to see you go for it. And, uh, and he did. And he won, and uh, what else can you say? The Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, 
without Tyreek Hill were dominant in their win over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Mahomes looked like, you know, he didn't miss Tyreek Hill at all. There, some some media types were saying that, uh, you know, they might be a better offense because it's not focused overly on him, although it was focused as always on uh, tight end Travis Kelsey. Had a nice touchdown, had a big game, and Mahomes just looked terrific. So it was, uh, you know, just a wake-up call to everybody that the Chiefs without Tyree Quill, and in particular the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, uh, are, aren't going anywhere, to say the least. They, that was a statement victory, to put it mildly. And in the world of golf, which we always like to uh, report on, Shane Lowry won the BMW Championship which uh, overseas, which was... Uh, reduced from the usual four days to three days. They took a day off after the Queen Queen Elizabeth's death in Britain, Scotland, actually, and sports all over the uh, all over England and and beyond. But certainly in England, uh, you know, many sports were canceled. You know, in honor of the Queen, who was just simply the None of us have known life without her, basically. Uh, probably 1% of the population, if that, uh, given she reigned for something that sounds like 70 years. And uh, so the sports world over in England certainly handled it beautifully. And, uh, and yeah, so it was really a, uh, you know, a quiet weekend overseas, as is fitting, given the Monarch's long reign, and uh, Shane Lowry from Ireland, who won the Open, the British Open, a few years back in Northern Ireland, Royal Port Rush, uh, and he's often in the mix, as we all know, great golfer, uh, ended up prevailing. So now, let's take our break, and next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. 
Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. And thank you, as always, for calling in. And, AP, it was quite the football weekend, uh, including college, which is our sweet spot that we talk about every week, basically. And, uh, yeah, there was just some amazing games, but none more high profile than the Alabama at Texas game, which turned out to just be a fabulous game. I watched it, of course, and uh, looking forward to knowing your thoughts. It was epic. Yeah, John, we uh, we saw that Texas and Alabama both have similar type athletes, big and fast, and it was an equal competition physically. And it was just a case of uh, Texas having a lot of energy and enthusiasm and Alabama having 15 penalties, which is uncharacteristic of their team. We learned a little bit about both teams in that game. Alabama doesn't have any number one wide receivers that, that are going to be drafted in the first round, I don't think. Um, they have some good running backs. They're not very big, but they're fast. The offensive line we thought was suspect, and that proved to be the case. They were able to get pressure on Bryce Young with four people uh, from the defensive line at Texas. That's not supposed to happen um, more than a, a few times in a ball game. Uh, we saw that Alabama's kicker, he was reliable. The first time they made a game-winning kick within five minutes in probably 15 years, I think it is, something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we saw Bryce Young. He had another magical Heisman moment with the drive at the end to put him in position for the winning field goal. But Texas, they have a number number eight, the receiver, Xavier Worthy. Alabama couldn't guard him. He's very fast and elusive. They slowed him down the second half with a few changes and adjustments. But Texas has a has a good football team. But but uh, I just caution people, John, that Texas has done this in the past, where they played um, very well against the top teams, but then re- they reverted back to their old ways the rest of the season. So I I just think that I'm not overly enthusiastic about Texas just yet. I want to see how everything plays out because we saw Baylor lose this weekend. Uh, they have to play Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, some other teams in the conference, but they're in a, they're in a great position because you lost to a top team by one point. Can't get any closer. So you have the validity of we we have that capability to be an excellent team. No doubt about it, AP. It was everything you could possibly ask for. Uh, Texas certainly gave them all they could handle, to put it mildly, and uh, you know it was just a great game. And again, Bryce Young. Uh, you know, with the play of the game, when he scrambled out, was nearly tackled in the pocket, scrambled out and simply, uh, you know, got the first down and that set him up and that was ball game. Uh, I'm sure the 100,000 plus Texas fans were just crushed because Texas really kind of hung with them throughout the day. So Yeah, John, it was a, perf- a perfect defensive call on that blitz. He, he missed the tackle. Right. Um yeah, exactly right. Yeah, missed tackle. Just that simple. And uh, so, yeah, it was just a great game to watch and just to see Alabama, <clears throat> again, you know, just step up, you know, do what they needed to do when they had to do it uh, as the game went along. Certainly Texas seemed like they had chances to win. Uh I know that the officiating was called into question, but, you know, that's football, so I never put much stock in yeah. that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was really uh, a fun game to watch, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, and, John, there, uh, were, there were some missed calls, uh, especially on the pass interference. I thought they missed two against Alabama. 
I thought they missed at least one against Texas. I thought they missed the holding call on that play where Bryce Young uh, slipped the tackle on the blitz on that game-winning drive. And then they had the potential safety play in the end zone. I didn't understand why they called roughing the passer or the, the targeting. Um, and, and I didn't understand also when Quinn Ewers was hurt on the sack, he went to the ground, he turned to his uh, non-throwing shoulder, landed on there, was injured, and they called it roughing the passer. I didn't see any uh, such thing because – Nor did I. The defender just tackled him, took him to the ground, and a normal play. He didn't pile drive him. You you didn't see him putting his cleats into the ground to drive him. He just fell on the quarterback. I thought that was a ridiculous call. That that was a football play making a tackle. I don't know what you're supposed to do when you grab the quarterback, lay him on the ground. I I don't get it. Right. Exactly. Yes. Uh, I always say that, you know, we're uh, heading to a point where it's – you know, there'll be a p- penalties in the future, if not near future, if not already. They're not officially, but, you know, uh, penalties called for simply hitting them too hard, whoever it may be. Not right. necessarily the quarterback. Right. Certainly, yeah. that's yeah, the yeah. one most likely. Right. You hit the quarterback too hard. That's a penalty. That's in the rule book. Yeah, I, th- that was nowhere near roughing the pass. I've seen plenty, and you as well, I've seen plenty of roughing the passing passer plays. That wasn't one. Right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's crazy how it's turned out, but I agree. And it was just, uh, you know, these types of penalties occur every game. So uh, everybody needs to get over it. But moving on, AP, uh, the shocker of the weekend, and I do mean shocker, was obviously the Marshall upset of Notre Dame in South Bend. And it was just uh, amazing. I watched the end of that game, and it was simply remarkable to see. Uh, you know, I think everybody loves Marshall, uh, and they really, you know, they they won kind of handily, actually. So I'm sure the fans at Notre Dame, they're just not used to seeing this by any means, let alone the home opener. And, you know, Notre Dame played the opening weekend against Ohio State, and they looked pretty good. So this, you know, amplified. Defensively, good point, yes. But obviously losing to Marshall. Defensively, yeah. You're absolutely right. In the opener against Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, John, what what ails them, I believe, is they, they don't even have a good quarterback. It's below good level quarterback. They need to get a quarterback at that university if they want to compete for a championship their defense is is fine they're able to compete on that side of the ball but as the season progresses they're going to probably get worn out and they'll end up losing some games that they should have won if they have any production on the offensive side they need some game breakers on the perimeter they don't need a lot i mean they're as i told you through the years they're on the cusp i mean we're able to get to be one of the final four teams how many universities ask nebraska would they trade places with notre dame um, you know, to be in that position of being considered for the Final Four. But they definitely need an upgrade of the quarterback position and the wideouts. Uh, and they had some, you know, decent physical uh, wide receivers in the past, but they need some speed to get some relief where they're scoring quickly and not it's so such a drudgery to score every single time, 8, 10, 12 plays for a drive. So well, that's what they need, John, at, at Notre Dame. If they can figure that out and they're recruiting, they have a chance to stay among the elite. But I don't think this coach, um, if he continues with these same types of quarterbacks and people on the perimeter, that he's going to be there very long because Notre Dame, they want to they be in that championship every year, and I don't think they can make it with this type of personnel at the quarterback and wide receiver positions. You're 100% right. Their starter got hurt. Uh, during that game on Sunday or Saturday against Marshall. And so the backup came in, and uh, it was fairly obvious early on that he wasn't going to get it done, what needed to be done, which was uh, come back, you know, with uh, more than one score. And it looked like every time he got the ball, he just wanted to run. And, you know, that quickly, uh, you know, 
turned the thundering herd into a thundering herd that was just uh, all over him as he attempted to run. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you, you know, just uh, – and, and the starter obviously wasn't having a great game because they had fallen so far behind and whatnot. So it just simply uh, has to be addressed. It's, it's all about the quarterback, AP. We say it time and again, practically every show. And, you know, with each passing weekend, it becomes more and more obvious. And uh, certainly it was never more obvious. Uh, but you had to feel good for Marshall. I thought the post-game interview with the coach, uh, they clearly – obviously had no fear of going into South Bend and winning that game. I mean, Marshall's the type of team that, you know, just that they, they don't fear anybody. They're all, you know, they're always competitive and, uh, you know, the, you'd have to list them as one of those teams that nobody wants to play. None of the top 20 at least. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. John, it seems like these players, I mean, they, they watch college football to some degree, but they don't, embrace it the mystique of a particular school to them it's just notre dame oh yeah they're in the midwest someplace called south bend yeah i heard of them before they have the gold helmets but they're, they haven't won a title since 1988 so why would you have this big fear of notre dame i mean that's right. uh three, three decades plus so living off the past uh, yeah a lot a lot of times you interview some of these players and say well i didn't watch college football that much i was playing ball and I didn't really. I mean, I had a team I favored, but I don't. They don't know much beyond that. Let's say. Exactly. Exactly. And again, it was. Uh, you know, it's been that way forever, and it always will be that way, given the history. You know, uh, Subway alumni, all of it, all of it, the glorious history. Uh, but you know, more recently, not so much. Although they have made the you know, the playoffs and whatnot uh, in recent years. So you, you know. They're competitive, but, yes. you know. And by the way, it was the new coach's first game, so he just looked uh, stunned, quite frankly. And uh, He did, yeah. Totally. Third straight loss as a coach. Third straight loss. The first time Notre Dame coaches started his career with three straight losses. The bowl game from last year, Oklahoma State, and then the Ohio State game. You know, that's yep. a tough opener, of course. You know, playing Columbus, Ohio. That's his alma mater. I doubt about it. And then, but Marshall, you think they're coming back the next week? All right, we played against Ohio State. All right, we were competitive. We got to win this ball game and and progress through our season. We're in a good position to make the playoffs because we lost to Ohio State. They'll probably have a great season. If we can just continue winning all our games, we will have a chance. I mean, you live in hopes, but to lose to Marshall, I mean, things can get pretty bad now at Notre Dame. I think because. Yeah, you have, have some of these other games. I mean, even Stanford. I mean, they could beat them. And of course, USC. They're scoring fifty points a game. There's no way Notre Dame can get, uh, compete with those numbers offensively. So uh, there's more losses on that schedule. Oh, no doubt about that. AP, absolutely right. Um, well, AP, good first segment uh, for uh, you know fascinating. College football weekend, really the first full weekend, uh, and we still have a lot to, more to get to, so stick around, because uh, on the other side, we're going to talk about the shocking news coming out of Nebraska, so don't go anywhere. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Soul Connection with Dr. K. 
hosts a forum of expert guests that showcase popular topics that can impact the soul. Weekly, Our Soul Doctor connects with authors, medical professionals, and leaders that share expertise and testimonials. Check out our growing community on site at soulconnectionusa.com. Tune in to Feed the Soul Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, or listen on your time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's the Big Game Challenge this week on The Revolution as Jim and Trevor joined by Nick Hoffman of Nick's Wild Ride to talk sheep slams and vineyard blacktails. Then Chef Andrew Zimmern of Andrew Zimmern's Wild Game Kitchen discusses cooking wild game over an open fire. And Kevin Steele of Peterson's Hunting will highlight the resurgence of North American elk. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert. A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we were talking about, of course, the Texas-Alabama game that Alabama won at the, in the end, uh, thanks to a Bryce Young perfect drive to end a game. And uh, also the shocking news of the Marshall Thundering Herd going into South Bend and beating Notre Dame rather handily, I might add. But AP, for me personally, the most shocking news of the weekend may well have been uh, not Nebraska losing, but the fact that Nebraska fired their coach, Scott Frost, who had an unbelievably successful career at the University of Central Florida. He literally put them on the map. And AP... uh, I don't know if I can ever recall more of a favorite son. He was the former quarterback of the Huskers, you know, being fired. I, I could, the excitement surrounding him getting hired, like Nebraska would have done anything to hire him when they hired him. And I, and I literally thought he was as untouchable as any coach in America. So I was startled to see the news, but startled yet not totally surprised. It's just been a horrible couple of years for the, the him and the Huskers. They, you know, lost two of their first three games and the Huskers just had enough. And uh, I went out to a Husker game in 2017 against Ohio State. It was an, you know, bucket list item. Uh, they've sold out every game since 1961. Uh, um, although I'm not so sure about that uh, in given their record in recent years. But AP, what are your thoughts? Because it was to me, the shocking news of the weekend, despite the woeful two-plus years he's had. Right. There's been situations like this, John, when a, a university hires somebody who was a star player and Rosiel Scott Frost had a lot of success at Nebraska after starting his career at Stanford and transferring the native of the state. So he knows the culture. He knows the recruiting that has gone on in the past. To yeah, make Nebraska native. Successful and and and, and what what needs to be done in the weight room, they, they have a lot of fifth-year players, especially on the offensive line, and they would usually get the skilled players from different parts of the country, all regions really, um, whichever direction they needed to travel to uh, acquire talent at, at, at those positions. So it was surprising, but John, I think I've, I've seen this uh, years ago, a coach that always comes close one score away that was like a telltale sign that this is not a championship coach because that's not a trend. That is the coach. They don't right. win close ball games. 
Well said, AP. You, you, you know, they're just, again, enough is enough, so to speak, in the eyes of the Nebraska administration and the fans. But despite all that, maybe I, I, I almost feel like I was being a little blind to the situation because, I, again, I remember the excitement. There is nothing they would have not have done to get him there as coach. Nothing. And, uh, yes, yes. and you know, and you said it all, AP, you know, former quarterback, but as you astutely pointed out, a Nebraska native, uh, truly a favorite son, who just, again, had such a spectacular career at University of Central Florida, who elevated that program beyond anyone's imagination. And, you know, it, it just seemed like, there was just nothing could uh, could cause him to be fired yet. You know, it happened. But I've watched a few games yeah. the past few years, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they just weren't getting it done. They, they just couldn't put it together at all with any consistency. No. It, and, John, they had a quarterback there who now, since is with Kansas State, Adrian Martinez mm-hmm. threw for over 9,000 yards. I don't know, he ran for quite a few touchdowns right. as well. And then to lose to a Sun Belt team, you're a, a major Power Five blue blood. You're not just a, a Power Five team. You, you're not, let's say, let's say you're not Indiana, okay, a Power right. Five school. You're a power, you're a Power Five blue blood, and you lose to Georgia Southern. It's it should I don't on your worst day it shouldn't happen. You should say all right the first quarter, all right we're fooling around now. Let's let's start to play ball, and uh, right. let's take care of business the next three quarters and put this game away. So, but I, I didn't understand. I guess I didn't understand. Of course, it's not my money, but seven and a half million dollars. Supposedly if they fired him October 1st, maybe that was the date, something like that in October, it would be in half instead of a $15 billion buyout at seven and a half. But I don't make those decisions, but I thought that was on the wasteful side. I just let it play out a little, little bit more. And, you know, why not? I mean, why not play it out? I don't, I mean, Everybody knows it's not a good situation. You've got plenty of time to recruit a new coach. Correct. You you would have let it play out the rest of this year, is what you're saying. I would have to save seven yeah. and a half million dollars that I can give to I can give to the women's basketball team, the men's golf team, and I mean I think that's I think that's pretty wasteful myself. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, AP. Um, yeah, I, again, I could not have been more surprised to say the least. And, uh, you, you know, I was, uh, busy preparing for the show. I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm assuming given, uh, you know, the, I won't call it mid season, early season firing that they, they simply promoted someone from the staff to be the interim coach. Uh, like I said, I, I, I don't even have the details. I read it and I was so shocked that I didn't even, uh, you know, have time to follow up. Like, Who's the new coach? Um, let me see. Right. Stunning loss to Georgia Southern. Uh, yeah, Trev Alberts, a former legend out there. Um, so, yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm just looking now to see if we have who the new coach is. Again, it's a, situ- it's a rare situation. Mickey Joseph, AP. I think. Is it Mickey, Mickey Joseph. I'm looking. I'm not seeing it. Oh, yeah. Associate head coach Mickey Joseph will serve as the interim head coach for the remainder of the 2022 season. Okay. There's the answer. Not surprising exactly what I would have thought. That's typically how these things occur. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's just crazy to say the least. Um, But, yeah. So I wonder what the future holds for Scott Frost. Again, you know, he'll get hired. No doubt about that. He his success at Central Florida will still carry some weight. Uh, but you just, again, it was his dream job, and it was Nebraska's dream coach. And now it's over. And it's, frankly, again, yeah, I, stunning. Yeah. I I guess, John, he'll be one of the people that's rehired by someone. Maybe he'll have to be on a staff for a while and get out a year or two. But um, and maybe he goes he, – he, um, is in a different conference, you know, not a power five conference. Maybe I sure. guess that could happen. 
Yeah, like back to UCF. At the end of the day, AP, just to close out the segment, you, you know, the pressure may have just been too great, you know, in, at the end. It just may have been where the expectations were simply off the charts. They had gotten their golden boy, you know, returning home. And, you know, from the outside looking in, it's a dream scenario. But maybe uh, the dream obviously just turned into a nightmare and the expectations may have just simply been too great. I, I know some Nebraska season ticket holders who took me to that game. And, you know, I remember how excited they were when he was hired. It was just like, here we come, CFP <laughs> playoffs. It was just that simple. Right, right. I mean, there's no more better description than Golden Boy coming back to right. Nebraska. Yeah, returning home. That's uh, a story yeah, of everybody home and Yeah, I mean, he won big at another school. Big, big. Big. <laughs> where it wasn't that easy. No, not at all. Not at all. What he did down there was nothing short of amazing. Just remarkable yeah. what he did at UCF, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So, AP, we've come to the end of our second segment together. So, let me... Uh, let us both take our last break, and we still have more to get to the other side after a great opening football weekend. So don't go anywhere. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on Voice America Variety. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Monday Night Football, where Russell Wilson will be wearing a Denver Broncos uniform, one of the big moves of the year. The Broncos bringing in Russell Wilson, and fittingly, he is playing against his former team, the Seattle Seahawks. So that in and of itself makes it uh, 
kind of must-see football to see how uh, how Russ looks. And if, uh, there'll be some cooking with Russ in the Rocky Mountains this year. Um, should be interesting, right, AP? Oh, yes, yeah. To have that first game, the starting quarterback is playing against his former team, which happened yesterday, uh, at least one other time, right? Yesterday. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think who it Baker was Mayfield yesterday. With, Baker yes. Mayfield with Carolina. Yeah, he was not a happy Cleveland. camper. <laughs> Losing that game, he was not a happy camper. He had kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of trash talk, not surprisingly, you know, before the game, just saying uh, uh, how hyped he was uh, for the game. But AP, back to college. Another game that simply must be noted by you and I is Appalachian State going in and beating Texas A&M. Just an absolute shocker yet again. It's right in your wheelhouse. A&M, of course, being an SEC team and all the controversy over the summer with Nick Saban's comments. And so there were super high expectations for A&M. John, you're a $75 million uh, coach. You're recruiting four- and five-star players. Yep. You're competing at home with a quarterback who's been there three years, although he was injured last year. Um, you made the selection with Haynes King to be your quarterback. You scored seven points against a Sunbelt team that gave up 60-plus points to North Carolina. And the other seven points was through a kickoff return. It's just incredible that you and I could have coached Texas A&M to lose to Appalachian State. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Indeed, we could have, which is, uh, that would be a sorry state. I'll speak on my, my own behalf. <laughs> um, yeah. But so, yeah, if I'm a, John, if I'm a, te- if I'm a Texas A&M fan, John, I am not too happy with the game. Most definitely. But looking down the road, I'm thinking we paid $75 million. Our coaches had one season where they won 10 or 11 games. They beat Alabama last year on a way to on their way to an eight and four season. Right. I don't think he's a championship coach. I think he left it all with Florida State and some of Bobby Bowden's players and Jameis Winston. I haven't seen anything from the quarterbacks that have arrived on campus that I would consider to be all all conference. Uh, you know, forget being an All American. They're not even all conference. They're not even all SEC Western Division. So I'm I'm pretty upset, and I'm not feeling I'm not feeling great about our program winning championships. I'm really not because I think LSU with Brian Kelly, he's going to do something over there. When Baton Rouge, he's going to get continue to get talent and clean up the, the situation that he has with that football team. Ole Miss is always going to be coming at you with their offense. Arkansas with their offensive line and and running game with Sam Pittman. Uh, yeah. Mississippi State, uh, Mike Leach, he has a quarterback that's playing well. He usually gets people to stay there four or five years, you know, with experience. Sure. Uh, I, I just don't feel good about um, being in that division with our coach, uh, Alabama, Auburn. You know, they could have great seasons, well, as we know. So if I'm Texas A&M, it, it is, it's not just a one loss, but it's to the Sunbelt team that gave up 60-something points. You're, you're an offensive coach quarterback whisper and man you, you're whispering in somebody's ear but it doesn't seem to be the quarterback yeah it, it, it's a potential season wrecking loss period it's literally the type of you know loss that could wreck their entire season uh the doubters are now <laughs> you know loud but not proud and uh so yeah so the heat is on it suddenly his seat became real hot and just to harken back to our previous segment, you know, uh, nothing nothing ever shocks me. But, you know, after the Scott Frost firing at Nebraska, um, you know, nobody is above being fired, um, including Jimbo Fisher. And he's in what, year three now? Is that right? Sound about right? I think it's I think it's I think it's I think it's four or five, John. Oh, my gosh. Time flies. Yeah, well, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a potential season-wrecking right. loss. Uh, yeah. you, you know, Texas Texas football in general is not patient. 
at any and all the universities. I'm sure it even filters down no. to high school. They want win. They want winners, and they want them now. And it permeates it, it, throughout the football mad state. Yeah, and and John, like we've always said, I don't care what level of football, what level of athletics. If you're paying somebody, it's not the amount of money. It's who receives the check. Did you mm-hmm. hire the right person at the top? That's it, AP. Well, probably the best thing that happened to them on Saturday uh, was the Texas didn't win. If Texas had won, yes. they would sort of, you know, reverse the narrative, you know, where Texas has been down for a number of years. A&M was on the rise, pulling upsets like beating Alabama last year. And, you know, it was so uh, that, that was, I be believe a really big factor for Longhorn fans and the coaches they've gone through and whatnot uh, as they try to get back to their former status. And uh, yeah, but they didn't win, but they did show up. And even though they lost uh, in as close a way as you can lose uh, to Alabama of all teams, uh, great team, but they, they played competitively. And so the Texas A&M sort of rivalry recruiting and every other thing imaginable it's been on for a couple of years a number of years and uh forever and uh i'd say now it's back on and texas even with the loss uh is you know feeling pretty good today i'm sure about it when they look at that a&m score yeah, I think so, John, because they played such a close ball game, and they and they look like a, a Texas looked like a good football team, solid in all the areas. They did miss one field goal, I believe, and only missed one. I'm, I think that was the only one that could have gave them a chance to win the ball game um, earlier in the game, of course. And they had that strange play in the end zone uh, with the look like a safety for sure, and it ended right. up being a the penalty against Texas and they had Alabama another chance that this, those two points would have been the difference. Yep. I think stayed the same or the field goal as well. So, but Texas looked fast. They looked big and strong. They weren't being uh, beaten at the point of attack. Like you've seen in the past teams get three, 400 yards rushing against them. So they did a good job against Alabama's offensive line, which is uh, below the standard for Alabama. I think, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the season, but, um, they they blocked just well enough and gave Bryce Young pass protection to win the ball game. But I wouldn't say that uh, I'd rely on them for the entire season to keep him clean. Right. Right. Well, AP, astute comments as always. We appreciate your calling in and giving us your perspective. And thank you very much. Well, thank you, John. My pleasure. Thanks again, AP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.